Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that move. I don't care who it is. Just do Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Fran Duffy. That's right in the week, and we're going a little bit inside baseball today as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 329. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with a guy who has a ton of insight into how things play behind the scenes in the NFL and certainly in the NFL draft. That's Neil Stratton from Inside the League. Neil and I talk about the role that agents play in this part of the process as we inch closer and closer and closer to draft day. Also, how is this draft class unique compared to other drafts? That's just a couple of things I'll hit on in this short conversation with Neil. But first, a couple of quick things to hit on. First up, I want to remind you guys once again to head on over to our Apple Podcast page, leave us a rating, and leave us a comment. Keep those questions coming. You guys have done a great job all offseason long so far of filling up that comment column. And not only does that help us stay high in the rankings for people looking for podcasts about the Eagles or X's and O's, but it also allows me to keep giving you what you all want. So please keep it up. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, leave us a question in the comment section, and we will keep this episode, keep these episodes rolling here throughout the offseason. Next up, I want to also give you guys a little bit of a heads up on what's going on over on the Journey to the Draft podcast this week. Obviously, we're just over a week away from the draft, and this week we're doing our final position preview where we focus in on the wide receivers. So myself, Dane Brugler, Ben Fennell, we're going to highlight a bunch of the names that you've heard of, as well as some other ones that you may not have heard of uh, that'll be going day two, day three of this draft. And we'll also uh, talk with Greg Cosell later this week. We've got some great guests lined up for uh, the entire week over on the Journeys to the Draft podcast. Also, uh, a little bit of an NFC East roundup as well. So you can go check that out over wherever you get your podcasts. Again, that's the Journey to the Draft podcast. That being said, let's get this episode rolling. I'm excited to talk a little bit of draft here uh, with Neil Stratton. It's time for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Well, excited to welcome in here for the first time here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, uh, a guy who really knows the inside of this business. You can follow him on Twitter at Inside the League. Uh, you can go to his website, InsideTheLeague.com. Uh, Neil Stratton. Neil, thanks for joining us here on the show. Fran, it's a pleasure, man. Uh, nothing better than talking football. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for our listeners who are not familiar with your work and your role uh, and what you do in the business, give us a little bit of a peek into uh, what you do and how many different kinds of facets of this part of the the business of football uh, that you've got a hand in. Well, uh, we've been around since 02, and we're somewhat more of a business-to-business kind of service, Fran. We work with a lot of people across the game, primarily agents, scouts, active informer, trainers, financial advisors, wealth managers, and members of the media. Um, you won't find as much on my Twitter account per se because we most of our content is premium, but we do have a, I do have a podcast which talks about the 2017 NFL Draft, um, a couple books out there, a blog that's called SucceedInFootball.com that talks about the industry. So a lot of different things that we do, um, but primarily we try to be uh, the hinge point for everyone who's inside the game, and we try to be – maybe a bit more progressive in what we talk about, what we think about when it comes to the industry, primarily business related and uh, not as much mock drafts and player rankings and those kind of things more about, you know, kind of, I think 
kind of what's happening behind the scenes a bit more. And it's interesting to me because once you understand how that part of the business works, you can kind of, I don't want to say predict the future, but maybe see a little bit more about where the game's going. And that's why, you know, whether it's on this podcast or over on the Journey to the Draft podcast, we love talking about process and what goes on uh, behind the scenes when it comes to the NFL draft, the team building philosophy, uh, getting into the season, the, the whole the whole thing. So uh, that's why you know, you're, you are a perfect guest to bring on, especially right now as we're just a couple of weeks away uh, from the NFL draft. And so I wanted to kind of ask you, when you look at it from a purely from an agent side of things, what's going on as you get into those couple of weeks leading up to the draft? Well, on a typical year, uh, what is going on with uh, with agents right now? Yeah, I'm going to assume it's a typical year. Uh, it's really a little more. It's more typical than last year, anyway. If nothing else, when if you're looking at the top 100 picks, the days one and days two uh, players, those guys are are really represented by about maybe 20 firms, and those are the more elite firms. They're the ones that are a little more connected. They've got a lot more relationships in the game. They've been doing it typically for a longer time. They've been sending their players to the better training facilities. They've been getting them the better marketing deals. They've been doing all these kind of things. They have because they have deeper roots in the game. They're able to do a bit more, and you can look at players. And Fran, you probably see this. I do. I, I watch them all the time. Guys that'll start off in January as maybe they're kind of on the 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 bridge to day day three. They're kind of on the day two, day three bridge. Sometimes they'll slowly move up, and sometimes they'll kind of get into that early day two conversation. Sometimes even more. You don't get that if you're not represented by one of those firms. And typically, the reason why is number one. These firms are often representing the players and the, the people in the front office. When I say the players, I mean the players off the field, the general managers, the college directors, the people that are making the decisions. They're able to – they've got a uh, open channel to those people all the time, so they can always talk to them and give them the most up-to-date information if a kid – let's say he fails the drug test. Let's say he's got a bad knee and comes up in the medicals. They, are ha- they have open access to the people that are making the decisions, so they're able to put the best face on it. Um, as they do this, um, also, it's, you know, as you know, France, it's, a, it's a, a one hand washes the other kind of industry. They're also talking to people in the industry on the media side who are helping them kind of move these players, get these players discussed and talked about. And I've kind of evolved on this. I mean, I used to say a scout can't, I mean, agent can't get you drafted higher. He, can, he can't get you drafted, that's for sure. But mm-hmm. I think in the right circumstance, he can help move you up a bit because if, if you're as connected as you need to be as an agent and you've got all these good relationships, you can, I guess, put your player more in the front of a, of, a, of a scout's mind, of a director's mind, of a GM's mind. And these are human beings making these decisions after all. I'm certainly not trying to say you can push someone from, you know, the fourth round to the, to the first round, but there are certain ways you can kind of put your player in the best light. And I think we see that every year. It's just something that's not discussed as much. It's not alchemy, right? You're not creating something out of completely nothing. Obviously, the player comes in, uh, you know, he puts his resume on film. I'm interested from this standpoint, too. When you look at it from this year, how how much are agents able to kind of gauge exactly what the interest level is from a team-to-team standpoint in their clients? So, you know, I know in a typical year, you know, you talk to an agent and say, yeah, you know, I feel like these three or four or five teams really have a good bead uh, on our guy. That's where I feel like he'll end up. Do you feel like that's a little bit murkier here this year? I think it's a lot murkier. There are a number of reasons for that. Number one, Fran, I know you know this, and it's been discussed a little bit uh, on our Twitter account, but the medicals are such a big part of the combine. Mm. And they're not, we don't, they don't have nearly a clear, as clear a picture on that top 250 or 300 players that are really in consideration for the draft that you normally do. So we don't know how, and, and another thing about medicals, they're not as defined and clear cut. 
maybe as they're perceived to be. One team, one team's failure may be another team's pass. So we don't, I don't think everyone knows exactly how teams are looking at players. And I think that extends to agents as well. But the big thing that I think has been a driver of interest has been the top 30 visits, or at least I call them the top 30 visits. Every right. NFL team gets 30 in-person visits. They don't get those this year. So you don't have that easy gauge of saying, hey, my, this, these five teams brought my guy in. They must have some level of interest or they wouldn't have wasted their time. Now, a lot of that is smokescreen, a lot of bit of a subterfuge. But at the end of the day, there's only so many times. I mean, at some point, you have to show your cards. And that's part of what those 30 visits does is kind of show that. Now, there is obviously chatter between player, I mean, between agents and scouts and players to some degree this time of year because, uh, as you know, Fran, as NFL teams want to sign players that are perceived to be undrafted free agents, they're going to recruit them. It's almost like college. I mean, they're trying to show them, hey, listen, you're going to come. You're going to have the best opportunity here. We are, you know, we have kept undrafted free agents in the past. And so that's going on. Now, this year is a little different because the draft pool is so much smaller. It's about a third the size of it normally is. So most teams are probably going to be able to draft the players they want. And then they'll fill in after the draft, maybe with a lot of guys from 20. So that's not as active as it has been. Yeah. And probably one more reason why maybe agents aren't getting the quite the same idea exactly of where their players are going to go. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, I guess there'll be a lot of agents who are kind of, and players are finding out things on draft day just along with the rest of us. Yeah, to me, I feel like this year is just going to be so interesting to look at afterwards. You know, that we'll say like in the weeks after the draft and just kind of getting a sense of uh, the information that was put out there, the varying opinions all over the league and all these guys. I feel like the, the level of groupthink across the league on players is going to be so, so far down uh, in this year just because of all those factors we've discussed numerous times uh, here on this show. When you look at it from a, a pure volume standpoint, there was a, an article that was done uh, on the defector uh, late last week that was done uh, you know kind of looking at the volume of this draft class and how it's so much lower the the amount of players that are are signed with agents uh right now so much lower than a typical year how do you feel that that impacts uh, you know into you talked about even just looking back you're going to see more guys from the 2020 class that sign after the draft uh how do you feel that that impacts this year well there's a couple things to look at number one uh, you know, again, day one and day two really are unaffected right. by the size of the draft class. They're about the same, you know, the way that they normally are. But day three is going to be fascinating because, again, there is that level of uncertainty. Uh, number one, number two, because there are so many fewer players, almost every player that an NFL team is interested in is going to get drafted, one way or another. Not as many. You're not going to have as many exciting undrafted free agent players that are left outside the draft pool. You're not going to have those headlines on day three on the crawl with, hey, this guy still hasn't been drafted because pretty much they're going to be, they will have been drafted. I think it's going to be fun. Day three is going to be so much more fun than I think it even is normally because, number one, I think we don't know exactly what teams are going to do. I think teams are going to be taking a few more chances and there will be players, you know, that slide because maybe medicals, you know, I mean, yeah. again, there's not the group think on medicals the way there is on player performance and that kind of thing. So that's a little bit different. But at the same time, I still think we'll see a few guys that still get drafted, but get drafted a little bit later because they had something in their medical history that most teams kind of decided they didn't like. 
I feel like a lot of teams, and we'll see. That's that's why what makes it so intriguing. I feel like a lot of teams will be saying, "Let's just keep this in the fairway uh, with some of these guys." You know, maybe not sure. swing for the fences to use multiple sport references uh, there in that one. <laughs> to me, do you feel like there's going to be more movement on day three in terms of teams trading up, trading down, trading out, getting more picks for 2022? I, I that's I kind of feel that as we're just a couple weeks away. That day three, especially, there's going to just be so much movement as teams uh, move up and down the board. Well. There's a couple things about number one. I think people are going to be very wary of trading next year's picks because I think it's going to be an unprecedented depth. The draft is going to have unprecedented depth. So if I am an NFL team, I'm wary of, I mean, normally you're those six, seventh rounders are throwaways. Yeah. Um, You know, teams are moving those things all the time next year. If I'm a team that's holding those picks, I don't think I'm as, as eager to, to move them. So I think, we could see movement. I don't know. It's until we see how day one and day day two go. It's right. going to be hard to figure that out. But if I am an NFL team, I'm holding. I'm holding on to next year's picks because man, there could be some real sleepers, some really solid late values next year because so many players decided to take that extra year. Um, how much is hard to to figure out. And the other thing about it, Fran, you know this. It takes two to tango. You may yeah. want to move down, but unless someone else wants to move with you. Hey, you know, it may not happen now because this is a heavy quarterback draft. I can see some movement in day one and day two, maybe not as much in day three. But Mm -hmm. again, uh, that's why we'll all be watching on, uh, you know, this last weekend of the month. Yeah, well, we had uh, Dan Hatman on the show. This was now like a couple of months ago. And we were talking about how uh, certain teams, depending on how your front office is structured and maybe where you're at in the team building process, you may look at this draft as an opportunity where, hey, you know, we've got our top 50, our top 75 guys that we feel we're going to be able to get at 125 or 130 or 180. And so, you know, teams might feel a little bit antsy and say, like, we can't believe this guy is falling because of that lack of groupthink that we talked about. They're going to trust their evaluations, know that, hey, you know, maybe we've got an edge here, but we can move up. And some teams may feel the opposite. It's just it's going to be fascinating to be able to say, especially for guys like us that really kind of dive into that uh, that process of it. I don't even watch day one and day two, Fran. I mean, day three is, I'm scribbling madly when day three is going on. And, you know, I'm sitting there just like everybody else. It's just so much more interesting, I think, the drama and seeing how that stuff's going to develop. It's also interesting, you know, I mean, a couple of years ago, you saw the Browns. Uh, I mean, I've been spotlighting the 17 draft in my yeah. podcast. And that year, the Browns were looking really more to just grab as many picks as they could. Then you contrast that with the Saints, a team that is more interested in going and getting the guy that they like. And so that's why they've so often traded up and traded next year's picks and those kind of things. Those varying philosophies are what make the draft so intriguing uh, mm-hmm. to me, you know, and um, who's right and who's wrong. You know, again, we won't really don't know that for three or yep. four years, maybe five years. And that's, yep. and again, another reason why uh, we're looking five years backwards on the podcast that I'm on, because there's no, I mean, there's no secrets anymore. Everyone's showing their cards. Everyone knows who the players are that, that were picked. And that's what's, you know, again, that's what makes this so fun the 21 draft is kind of, and every draft is kind of the gift that keeps on giving. We get to keep looking and seeing how these players develop, what they become, where the failures were, where the successes were. And that's, again, what makes it so entertaining. And the last thing, Neil, I think, you know, we talked about what the impacts are for this class and the amount of players that weren't in this group. Looking ahead to 2022, 2023, I mean, that, 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 uh, the thing that was passed by the, the NCAA back in the fall to give all these guys basically a free year. Right? And it, there was no eligibility used for any player in college football a year ago. That's going to impact drafts for years down the line. Do you, do you think that there's anything that the league will do to kind of, uh, you know, account for that? Like, you know, even something crazy like adding an extra round to the draft for a couple of years just to account for the influx of players that we might see 
Uh, is that something you feel like could happen? I don't expect it to because something like that has to be collectively bargained. Yeah. And I think that the NFLPA is going to feel like that is a real driver for those younger for those players that will be sure. later in the rounds. I mean, there are a lot of players and a lot of agents that will say, I'd rather not get drafted in the seventh round. Mm. We want to be able to control our destiny after the draft and try to really negotiate and get those big signing uh, bonuses and that kind of thing. It could happen. I think it makes a lot of sense. I've heard it suggested by people. Really? Most of the people on the team side, they would benefit from that because they'd sure. be able to kind of con- have a – a greater element of control. I think that on the player side, there's going to be some pushback and some friction. So I don't expect it to happen, although it will be a lot of fun to see an eight-round draft. Yeah, no question. Well, uh, Neil, this has been great. Thanks so much for taking a, a little bit of time with us uh, here on the Eagle Line the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. Stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy the draft, and we'll, uh, we'll be catching up with you soon. Compassionate and trusted care. Clinical expertise. It's the cornerstone of NovaCare Rehabilitation and why they're the leading provider of physical therapy throughout the Delaware Valley. Don't let aches and pains or any injury slow you down. Schedule an appointment today at NovaCare.com. The Philadelphia Eagles choose NovaCare, so can you. NovaCare, the power of physical therapy. Well, great stuff there from Neil, who you can follow on Twitter, just like I do, at Inside the League. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce with Eagles Entertainment. You know how much I appreciate everyone that promotes this podcast on social media. That's one way to support the show, but the best way is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating and leave us a comment. I wanted to give a shout-out today to someone who did exactly that, two people exactly. And one is Kevin DeFranco, who left a five-star review saying, just good stuff from Fran as always. So, Kevin, thanks so much. Appreciate the rating and appreciate the comment. And then last one, Plaid Golf Pants left a five-star review saying, not that I would advocate for this, but as a Notre Dame fan and as an Eagles fan, I find it interesting that there's a realistic mock match in the first six rounds or so. I think you could do a lot worse than this hypothetical haul. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa in round one, Liam Eikenberg in round two, Tommy Tremble, the tight end in round three, uh, along with Aaron Banks, the offensive guard, defensive ends, Dalen Hayes and Ade Ugudenji, in round four, Robert Hainsey in round five, Ian Book in round six. Trust me, this is in jest, but at the same time, I don't think many of these picks would bust, even if few would boom. Curious on what you think. So, uh, plaid golf plants, it's its a fun idea, and it's really interesting. Uh, certainly, whenever you have um, you know top-end programs like a Notre Dame that put a bunch of players into the NFL, you could do exercises like this. Uh, it does ha- happen that you can look at Notre Dame and kind of value all these guys throughout the course of the draft. I would throw in the wide receiver, uh, Ben Skyrenek, uh as well. Throw him in around seven and just kind of uh, round the entire draft out. But, no, we've talked about a lot of those players uh, over on the Journey to the Draft podcast, really going back to last summer. Uh, Awusu Koromoa, really, really intriguing player, kind of a hybrid linebacker, safety. How do you view him? I feel like a lot of teams uh, are going to view him a lot of different ways and, and how he could fit into a defense. Liam Eikenberg, honestly, I'd be surprised if he lasted to that point in round two. And we talked about that uh, on the most recent Journey to the Draft podcast with Eric Galco, just about the when that run is going to start on offensive line. I think that's going to be really interesting. Uh, Tommy Tremble, Aaron Banks, Dalen Hayes, all these guys. We, we've either talked about them a lot because they're really interesting players or they were down at the senior bowl and we, and we scouted them uh, when they were down there each and every day at practice. So uh, a lot of great players that you brought up there. So it's a really fun question. Uh, thanks so much to plaid golf pants, Kevin DeFranco and all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here in Eagles entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the sky podcast fueled by Gatorade for everybody here at the Duffy house. I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week. 
Hi, I'm Fran Duffy, host of the Journey to the Draft podcast, where every week we're going through scouting reports, big boards, mock drafts, and figuring out how prospects transition to the NFL. Listen to the Journey to the Draft podcast wherever podcasts can be found. 